Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. O God, because without you we are not able to please you, mercifully grant that your Holy Spirit may in all things direct and rule our hearts through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. You may be seated for the readings. Reading from Exodus. The Lord said to Moses, Go down at once. Your people, whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt, have acted perversely. They have been quick to turn aside from the way that I commanded them. They have cast for themselves an image of a calf and have worshipped it and sacrificed to it and said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. The Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, how stiff-necked they are. Now let me alone so that I, my wrath may burn hot against them and I may consume them. And of you I will make a great nation. But Moses implored the Lord his God and said, O Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people, whom you brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce wrath, change your mind, and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac and Israel, your servants, how you swore to them by your own self, saying to them, I will multiply your descendants like the stars of heaven, and all this land that I have promised I will give to your descendants, and they shall inherit it forever. And the Lord changed his mind about the disaster that he planned to bring on his people. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the 51st Psalm. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your loving kindness. In your great compassion blot out my offenses. Wash me through and through from my wickedness and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. And so you are justified when you speak and upright in your judgment. Indeed, I have been wicked from my birth, a sinner from my mother's womb. For behold, you look for truth deep within me, and will make me understand wisdom secretly. Purge me from my sin, and I shall be pure. Wash me, and I shall be clean indeed. Make me hear of joy and gladness, that the body you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. A reading from Paul's first letter to Timothy. I am grateful to Christ Jesus our Lord, who has strengthened me, because he judged me faithful and appointed me to his service, even though I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and a man of violence. But I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance, 
that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. But for that very reason I received mercy, so that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display the utmost patience, making me an example to those who would come to believe in him for eternal life. To the King of Ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. The word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman having ten silver coins if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it. When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. These familiar parables from Luke's Gospel this morning begin with a criticism of the company Jesus keeps. Look, this man welcomes sinners and even eats with them. Jesus has previously commended unsavory dinner guests and has even suggested that we ourselves take the place of the least among the dinner guests to get accustomed to receiving hospitality alongside the socially disenfranchised. It is an inversion of mealtime practice and does not go over too well with the well-to-do. So once again, they criticize the company he keeps. In response, he tells a series of parables to reorient our imaginations toward the way God envisions the world by narrating the way God has entered the world. I will unpack that shortly, but first, it is important to understand that these two parables we hear this morning come in a series of three. It is a trilogy of parables, and we get the first two without the third. The third is perhaps one of the most well-known stories of Jesus, and certainly it is one that tends to define the Christian story for many. It is, of course, the parable of the prodigal son, or more accurately, the parable of the lost sons. The sheep, the coin, and the sons each provide a different angle to the pattern we see in these stories. Something is lost in some way, it is found, and there is a no-holds-barred feast to celebrate the finding. But since these are parables, they lend themselves to some flexibility and creativity and interpretation. They are not a one-for-one -one symbolic 
set of stories that have static meaning. And I'd argue that for scripture as a whole to be a living word, none of it can have a static, unchanging meaning. But parables are particularly hospitable to a creative, playful interpretation. So we should pay attention to the way Jesus begins these two parables with the question, which one of you and what woman having ten silver coins? It's important to note these questions and not burn past them too quickly. On a first pass, we might take them to be rhetorical. Of course, any of the listeners would leave the 99 sheep to find one. Shouldn't even ask the question. Of course, anyone would turn over the whole house, scouring it all day for a single coin. But even in the course of responding to these questions, as I've just done, we might recognize that these questions don't necessarily elicit the answer Jesus gives in the parables. They might not be as obvious as that. In other words, no one would leave 99 sheep to find the one, and no one would turn their house upside down for a single lost coin. I barely clean my house to find my children. I'm not going to look for a coin. And if that weren't enough, no one would ever throw a party for the whole neighborhood because of a single found sheep or coin. Can you imagine that invitation? I found my lost quarter. Come celebrate with me. Open bar, cake, DJ, dance floor, RSVP by Friday. This is how you get your neighbors to talk about you. This is not the logic of the world we live in, and I would guess it isn't the logic of the world Jesus lived in either. Why would I risk the 99 for one? Wouldn't I just cut my losses and moved on? A wolf probably got it anyway. Every omelet breaks a few eggs. Collateral damage is to be expected after all. We work those losses into the budget. We have to first recognize that the shepherd and the woman are acting irrationally if we are to gather the lesson of Jesus' parable. The response to Jesus' question to the Pharisees, which one of you is most certainly none of us? That's silly. But here is where I want to return to what I said earlier. Jesus tells this series of parables to reorient our imaginations toward the way God envisions the world by narrating the way God has entered the world. That is, these parables aren't just about God finding the lost, but rather they are about God becoming the lost in Jesus Christ. Whenever there is a singular figure or symbol, like the sheep, or the coin, or the sun in the story that we do not hear, I generally begin by imagining that thing to represent Jesus in some significant way. What if we imagined the sheep to be Jesus, the one who leaves the fold of heaven to wander among us here amid the dangers of creaturely existence? Is he not then retrieved by the Father, returned to the fold, and perpetually celebrated by angels, archangels, and all the hosts of heaven who forever sing the hymn, Holy, Holy, Holy? And yet he was counted as nothing to those who would dispose of him. There was no question in the mind of the religious and political leadership as to whether his life was worth expending for the sake of the nation, for the sake of the ninety-nine. Pilate handed him over to avoid the angry crowd, and the high priest Caiaphas is reported to have said, it is better for you to have one man die for the people than to have the whole nation destroyed. Collateral damage, expendable, scapegoat. This is the logic of the world. 
where no one would leave the 99 to rescue the one. In this world, the one's life is worth losing for the 99. But it is not so with God. God is the woman who turns over every piece of furniture to find the lost coin, to demonstrate that there is not a single one who is expendable, that the one should be seen as having infinite worth, because that one is no less than the Son of God who has gone off into the far country, who has gone far from the gates of heaven. Jesus has become the lost in order to endow every lost one with infinite dignity and worth. And God has feverishly sought the depths of earth and hell to find that lost one and restore him to his rightful place at the right hand of the Father. These parables are about the reckless, profligate love of God that risks everything for the one who has gone away, in whom God finds infinite worth. And the gospel, the good news, is that because Jesus Christ has become the lost one, because Jesus Christ has left the fold of heaven and entered the risk and danger of this world, every single one of us has been endowed with the infinite worth of the Son of God. There is no one who has wandered too far. Even death itself cannot conceal your invaluable life from the God who searches and finds. This is why Jesus will feast with the tax collectors and so-called sinners, because they are his companions, the ones he has joined. If there is an outsider, any who have strayed beyond the boundaries of that fold or have fallen between the cracks of society or religious orthodoxy, we can be sure that Jesus is with them. Consider the ones who have been left out, the ones in our history as church, as Americans, as Episcopalians, who have been seen as outside the fold. Consider the ones our society imagines to be collateral damage, those who fall between the cracks or must endure suffering for the sake of policy and progress. Consider those who silently endure the internal wilderness, who struggle to know their self-worth or belonging in this world. Consider the youth in our midst who want to be seen and heard, known and believed. Now consider our incarcerated siblings and the beloved of God who are on death row, hidden from view, lost to our sight. Now consider that they are the ones Jesus has joined. They are the ones God seeks and finds. They are the ones who have been endowed with the dignity of the Son of God. If we look around the room and imagine that this is enough, that we are the 99 and that this is sufficient, not everyone's going to get on board after all then the one we have left outside the fold is no less than Jesus. We can be sure that when we gather around this feast, we are the ones whom God has found, the ones whom God has filled with an infinite worth and inalienable dignity. But do not forget that the table is never full until everyone is around it. Only then does the real feasting begin. Amen. Stand and affirm our faith in the words of the We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is, seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, 
begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and Son he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the church and the world. Remembering especially Justin, the Archbishop of Canterbury, Michael, our presiding bishop, Brian, our bishop, Johnny, our rector, Chris, our deacon, the clergy families of East Tennessee, the Diocese of South Dakota, grant, Almighty God, that all who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. Lord, in your mercy, guide the people of this land and of all the nations in the ways of justice and peace, that we may honor one another and serve the common good. Lord, in your mercy, give us all a reverence for the earth as your own creation, that we may use its resources rightly in the service of others and to your honor and glory. Lord, in your mercy, bless all whose lives are closely linked with ours, granting we may serve Christ in them and love one another as he loves us. Lord, in your mercy, remembering sister, Becky, Jack, Stephanie and family, Margaret, Bill, Brianna, Louisa, Alan and Lisa, Mariana, Martha, Beth, Lily, Sam, Elizabeth, Rick, Alex, George, Jay, John, Kimberly, Kim, Mark, Kelly, Thomas, Deanna, Jackson, Kathy, Tonothy, Jonathan, Don, Madge, Judith, Braden, Heather, Wanda, Patricia, Logan, Carly, Lisa, Gary, Jean, Hope, Ray Allen, Kim, Don and Diane, Clarissa, Matt, Ray, Richard, Sherry, Fred, Caitlin, Selena, and our food pantry guests and their families. Comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit. Give them courage and hope in their troubles and bring them the joy of your salvation. Lord, in your mercy, we commend to your mercy all who have died that your will for them may be fulfilled 
and we pray that we may share with all your saints in your eternal kingdom. Lord, in your mercy. Lord Jesus Christ, you said to your apostles, Peace I give to you, my own peace I leave with you. Regard not our sins, but the faith of your church, and give to us the peace and unity of that heavenly city. For with the Father and the Holy Spirit, you live and reign now and forever. Amen. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Please stand. Friends, the peace of the Lord be always with you. Please show one another signs of peace. You all can have a seat. I'm going to turn your attention to the announcements in the back of the bulletin, pages 14 and 14 and 15. Um, we uh, uh, have our regular updates there. Pay attention to the uh, bizarre bargain sale that we happening. I guess that's next Saturday, um, September 17th, from 8 to 12 in the Annex Building. Um, we've invited other folks there, so if you want to beat out the other Christians in the area, you got to get there first. Um, the uh, Local business main, uh, remains with uh, a good batch mama. And, and, and Nikki was reminding me the other day that we had a buffalo chicken dip that they made there that was made for us at one point, and it's very good. So, so, so try it out if you haven't tried it. Um, good batch mama over on Fort Henry Drive. Um, that's our local business of the month. Um, so there's a refreshing confirmation class starting in uh, September, uh, this which is now, uh, and but it, the 21st of September is the first Wednesday we'll be doing it. There's a sign-up form out there for soup. Now, it was confusing because it was right next to the Advent Reflections, and I know some of you want to say, I can cook, but I can't write, and so I don't want to sign up accidentally for an Advent Reflection. The soup, and ad, the soup one is out there next to the Advent Reflection, so just pay attention to the top of the page and you'll be good um, if you want to sign up for soup and to join us for those conversations in September, October, and November, preparing for the bishop's visit in January. Um, the, uh, and then, of course, anyone else who would like to just have a refresher and have good conversation around the basics of Christian faith. The... Um, other set that I mentioned is the Advent Reflections. I'm trying to compile uh, authors uh, to write short 200, 300 word little things, uh, reflections on the readings, the daily readings for the season of Advent to put together in a booklet for devotions for folks in the parish. It's a good way to get to know each other. It's a good way to be able to hear kind of what other people are thinking and to reflect on the thoughts of, you know, other members of your parish. Um, please sign up for that. Please sign up for like more than one of those. Uh, if you want to do a couple of them, like I said, they're short. They don't need to be you know, you don't have to have a degree to, to write one. Um, just just pick it up and write uh, write a reflection on the reading. We would love to hear uh, what you have to say about it. So please uh, please do so. Um, that sign up is out there, and if you haven't done so, sign up for it. Um, 
few things that I want to, that are not in the announcements. Um, this week, uh, Nikki and I are going out of town. Uh, the Jamesons, before they left, were kind enough to offer us their place in Charleston. So Nikki and I will be heading out of town uh, to this afternoon, and we'll be back uh, uh, Thursday evening, uh, Friday. And so um, uh, we will not have uh, evening Eucharist this week on Tuesday, and we will not have um, uh, our Wednesday Bible study this week. Um, but we will continue those next week when we're back in town. So, again, Nikki and I will be out of town this week. Um, the children have rejoined us, by the way. Uh, the Nikki and I will be out of town this next week. Um, and so Tuesday evening, Eucharist, and Wednesday Bible study will be, uh, w- uh, will be canceled this week. Um, I also want to draw your attention to the, uh, I mean, most of you, Hopefully, I think I think all of you would know um, that, uh, that Queen Elizabeth uh, died this last week, um, 96 years old after 70 years on the throne in England. Um, knowing that we are part of the worldwide Anglican Communion and therefore part of the Church of England, um, uh, the Church of England is going to have kind of a significant part in in this uh, in the series of events. And so, if I understand correctly, the uh, the Queen's burial service will be next Monday, and I suspect that will be televised from Westminster Abbey. Um, so, if you want to watch that, and it's and in particular see a service led by the Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, who we pray for each week here, um, uh, that will be. I believe available uh, to you uh, on television, um, and so see kind of how other Anglicans do church during uh, uh, during times of uh, death and mourning. Um, and then the last thing that I wanted to announce that I'm not going to forget right now. Oh gosh, it just went just right out of my head. It is gone. So uh, we do have EYG today. So join us afterwards, uh, youth group. And we will see you there. Any other announcements for the good of the group that I am clearly forgetting? Chris is on vacation this week as well. Chris is on vacation. That's why he's not here. He and Deb got out of town. So, Thank you. Next game night. We had a great time at our last game night. The next game night will be October 30th. So join us for that if you haven't yet. It's a fun time. Oh, yes. This is what I wanted to tell you all. Sorry. Obviously, the air conditioning is still not working in here. Um, that, that, as I've said, um, we, we, we've received quotes for that. Um, uh, it is not pretty. Um, and so we are going to uh, consider that as a vestry and, and look at options for that. Fortunately, we're moving kind of into the cooler months. Um, but uh, I appreciate your bearing with us and patience with this. Um, we're trying to keep this space as cool as possible. Uh, during the week and, and uh, Todd's been here to sort of run fans in here and all of that to try to get the humidity out um, uh, But just be thankful. You're not wearing all of these things um, <clears throat> But but we're, we're we're looking at options and we've had quotes given to us and and it's yeah, like I said, it's substantial So uh, we will be talking about that uh, in the near future All right, any other announcements for the good of the group? Birthdays and anniversaries. Thank you. Do we have any birthdays or anniversaries to bless and celebrate? this morning. Excellent. Got an anniversary? 28 wonderful years. years. That's right. You are smart for adding that superlative. That's it. We got a birthday as well. Okay, excellent. All right. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Watch over your children, O Lord, as their days increase. Bless and guide them wherever they may be. Strengthen them when they stand. Comfort them when discouraged or sorrowful. Raise them up if they fall. And in their hearts, may your peace which passes understanding abide all the days of their life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord.
Amen. How, how old are you? Eleven. Wonderful. All right. <laughs> Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and call upon his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his faithfulness endures from age to age. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and good and a joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who on the first day of the week overcame death in the grave and by his glorious resurrection opened for us the way of everlasting life. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Holy and gracious Father, in your infinite love you made us for yourself, and when we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, you in your mercy sent Jesus Christ, your only and eternal Son, to share our human nature, to live and die as one of us, to reconcile us to you, the God and Father of all. He stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself in obedience to your will, a perfect sacrifice for the whole world. On the night he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is the, my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Recalling His death, resurrection, and ascension, we offer You these gifts. Sanctify them by Your Holy Spirit to be for Your people the body and blood of Your Son, the holy food and drink of new and unending life in Him. Sanctify us also that we may faithfully receive this holy sacrament and serve You in unity, constancy, and peace. And at the last day, bring us with all Your saints into the joy of Your eternal kingdom. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father. Our Father 
who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you as frankness and singleness of heart through Christ our Lord. Amen. For the blessing and dismissal, I also want to uh, make you all aware that next week uh, in this service, before the at this time of the service, we will be uh, uh, we will be blessing four new members of the Daughters of the King. They've gone through the instruction period, and uh, they will have their commissioning service here uh, next Sunday. Uh, we will do that blessing here before the general blessing and dismissal. So be here next week to support our uh, our friends who are joining this order of prayer and service uh, and, and we, as we celebrate with them next week. And now may God, the Holy Trinity, make you strong in faith and love, defend you on every side, and guide you in truth and peace. And the blessing of God Almighty the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia.